Welcome to Film Study, an all-American podcast with Lexi. I'm Lexi. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, rate the podcast five stars, all of that good stuff. Let us know your thoughts in the in the in the comments. Uh, and yeah, you know what we we talking about the all-American universe, bruh. We talking about the all-American universe. Uh, this week I have Carmen on the pod, and we are talking episode two hundred four of Homecoming we shall not be moved um so yeah again hope you enjoy it yeah so we shall not be moved that's the name of the episode it was a public service announcement sort of an episode and you know it's a toss-up on how folks feel about a public service announcement let me get your thoughts on on this obviously um Chi and and marquee jackson who uh are the co-showrunners of this show uh, they they said I read a Deadline article, which Deadline for those of you who don't know is a really popular sort of industry industry publication that gives a lot of updates on TV shows and pilots and actors and who's cast it and who's not and it's basically the industry standard publication for for all things like show and film related. Uh, so they gave an interview to, at Deadline and they were like, "This is actually something that they've been planning on since the previous season because something that's important to them." is showing realistic stories uh and these sorts of bomb threats are are very true and real and present uh on hbcus right now unfortunately and we you know you and i carmen um understand the black experience from a real life perspective we are both black women uh and so they and nkg is a black woman and marquis jackson is a black man and they you know they said we want to have this story be told on television so anyway what were your thoughts on the fact that it was sort of a larger storyline to tackle realistic issues that are happening today and then what were your thoughts on the episode itself overall um i thought that they did a pretty good job on um you know the way that because like you said it's realistic like you know target because of it's a black college like so I thought they did like a really good job and you know I don't really never mind. I'm leaving, I'm leaving homecoming alone today. But No, what was what was that? What was I wanna say, you know, thing? I really don't always care for homecoming, but this one I I could like I I was in Maybe I should have just let you let you just say leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, you know what I want to know. <laughs> you did. You did. So my thoughts on it is that I loved it as a standalone episode when I had a chance to rewatch it. I'm going to be so honest and say, and this is something that just as a, so I'm bringing in my con, uh, my biases as a content creator and someone who reviews both shows and reviews the universe. And selfishly, sometimes I want them to uh, be on different days, though I understand the connection of the universe and why they are on the same day. I do feel like it's for uh, weeks like this where it's really hard to sort of go straight from one show into the next one because the the episode that we got in All America was very light and <laughs> and fun and you know angsty and very focused just on sort of relationship drama and so going from that to a very serious very episode serious. on mm-hmm. extremely serious episode on uh just what uh 
you know white supremacy uh it's 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 challenging it's challenging from go going straight from one to the other uh so but i did like i appreciated the episode because i felt like it had a good balance like the episode itself had a good balance i just feel like you know as a standalone episode it works as an episode that feed that sort of feeds from something else it was a little it was a little tougher to to pay attention but again, on the rewatch, I was a really solid, solid episode from them. No, I was going to say, that's why I agree, because I feel like the rewatch, when I rewatched it, it, it like was more easier to watch than directly after of American. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so let's get into the storylines. Nate, Nate the Great, <laughs> she, um, she is still dating Nico. And, you know, she and Keisha are still sort of fighting over her dating Nico and whether Nico wrote the post about, you know, the favoritism. And, it, you know, she said, you know, I asked him about the post. It wasn't him. It was very reminiscent of All-American with, with Spencer said, I, oh, I asked him about the post. It wasn't him. <laughs> it wasn't. It was like the same way. And 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 I'll say, oh I'm glad you said that because I think it's exactly like All American. He didn't write it himself, but he got somebody else to write it. Like that's exactly what happened. Facts, maybe exactly. <laughs> These are facts. These are facts. Watch this. Watch what happened. Watch that happen. So anyway, it was interesting because then Nate sort of said, "Oh, it was either Nate or Keisha that Simone was walking by, and they were just like." All right, what are your what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this? And so she says, like, oh, it's giving tension, and I don't do French drama. <laughs> well, <laughs> just at that just at that moment, Thea walks by, and I was just like, that is a plus freaking writing from uh from the writer of this episode. I think it was Marky, by the way. Uh, but yeah, that was a plus dra- drama for Thea to be to be walking through. So anyway, that was that was a funny moment. Um, she walked through and she spoke. That's what really made it because she spoke. She did. Yeah, she did speak. She did speak. And we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to Thea and Simone and where they were in this episode in a second. Uh, but after after that and after that sort of passed, they were obviously in the dorm hall, dorm room hall, uh, in sort of the common space area. And because they're in this shelter in place, uh, shelter in place order, you know, Nico, Keisha and Nate are stuck with all of these people in the dorm hall. So when they get the shelter in place order, uh, they start talking about it and, you know, just, uh, you know, discussing what might uh, what might could be done on campus. And Nico suggests sort of bringing cops on campus and then Nico and Keisha get into an argument uh, because Keisha's just like, oh, you want to bring cops? cops for and actually you know what happened it was actually nate nate said i don't yeah i was just gonna say that it was nate that protested it was nate that protested and i don't think it's the wisest to bring cops and you know sometimes the people who are there to protect you don't protect you and then nico was like oh well sort of brushing brushing her off and then that's when Keisha jumped in and was just like ah what you not gonna do is what you not gonna do is exactly. shut down my ass. yes like Keisha only got involved because he was kind of like you know kind of telling Nate just to be like be quiet like in so many ways he was like be quiet and then that's when Keisha jumped in right. like what you think this right is? right and so as they're arguing Nate sort of disappears uh and Keisha starts to get worried uh, so with that, you know, when she's looking around for for Nate, 
uh, Nico is actually in Nate's room. Uh, and Nico's just sitting there chilling sort of on, on his phone. And Keisha's just like, are you even worried about her? <laughs> Nate is missing and we don't know where she is. And you're just like sitting on your phone. And Nico goes, you know, sometimes she just needs a second uh, to herself. And, um, you know, so I don't want to, I don't want to sort of, she'll, she'll come back when she's ready. She's come, she'll come back when she's ready. So I don't want to sort of go and, and look for her. And so then they get into another argument about, uh, you know, you know, you're just jealous because I know her better and blah, 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 blah. And I can't believe she doesn't see you for who you are. And it was just... <sighs> It was a lot. Yes, it was. It was giving it was a like, lot. like who is he? And take him back wherever he came from because obviously, when Nate broke up with him, it was for a reason. And I need him to take him back to the trash can. He redug him out of. <laughs> and, and it's that, and it's just like I genuinely just could not take their constant arguing. And I think I am on Keisha and Nate's side of this. How you on Keisha? Wait, you say Keisha and Nate side. Nate? No, like, well, Keisha and Nate ain't even on the same side. So you got to be either on Keisha's no. side and Nate's side. No, 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 no. I, like I said, like uh, you do this all the time. Like I said, I'm on Keisha and Nate's <laughs> side. Because here's the thing. I'm on Nate's side of this, which Nate ended up sort of hiding in the elevator. And they had this whole conversation about how she was triggered because it, uh, Keisha and Nico... Keisha and Nico were starting to sound like a like a married couple getting a divorce, which was, as we know from last season, Nate's Nate's parents got a divorce and uh, went down a bad path for a little bit there. And so then Nate said with that and with the shelter in place order and the bomb threat, I felt like my life was imploding. And so that all that all happened. My thing with Keisha is she's coming from a good place with Nate and I understand what she's saying about Nico. However, comma, Keisha has been on 10, on 10 since we were introduced to Nico. And even though I'm not even a fan of Nico and I would prefer him to not be there, I even am like, you're doing too much. Like you do not need to be on 10 25,000% of the time. Uh, I don't know why I'm getting dramatic, but I almost feel like it's because Keisha has been so dramatic since since uh, Nico has been introduced. So, what is, what's your thoughts on that? That's why I say I'm on, I'm on the both of their sides. Well, I I understand where Keisha's coming from. I'm glad that I am glad. You know, she has decided to just let Nate. You know, you know, see. So it's like she decided to back up this episode, but I can understand like why she was on 10 because obviously she knows about their past and you know whatever Nate has told her about their previous relationship so she uh protect a friend but now you know after this episode I think she realized she had to just stay back step back and let Nate yeah. you know let Nate make her own mistakes yeah essentially pretty much yeah and yeah, and again, like I said, I'm I'm th- like I'm on her side because I see the impact and what she said later in the episode was that, you know, it doesn't feel like Nate has been her full vibrant self and I agree. And I agree and she's just like so It's I'm, not. You know, staying close, 
uh, staying closer, you know, is keep my enemies closer type of deal when Simone asks about it. And I, I again, think that she's right. And I love that she is sort of just adjusting, not even just change, just, just adjusting her approach to this situation to say, you know what, I'm still going to keep an eye, but I'm not going to be completely on 20, you know, every time this, this guy is around. So that's what I thought about mm-hmm. that. Uh, on to the backdrop of why all of this, you know, they were all in the same space for this extended period of time. Uh, and and the, the PSA portion of this, this, this episode. Uh, the bomb threats. So Cam gets a call. Cam's been working for, for Amara, but he gets a call about a bomb threat. And so sort of immediately, immediately Amara springs into action, puts a shelter in place, order in order. And she, they sort of spend this whole time trying to, you know, navigate and manage the situation uh, because it is the president's office. And so they, in the president's office is actually in the student center. So there's a gang of people, um, in the student center as well that's sheltering in place with them uh the fbi is also is also there and so sort of the whole episode it was about watching sort of cam and amara deal with being sort of at the head of this cam being the person that got the call and amara being the president and dealing with mm-hmm. this very real like we we are sort of almost like in charge of this managing this this fallout from this 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 uh, bomb threat and so <laughs> there are a couple of things number one there was a really good i think storyline with cam on cam just really struggling i think right off the bat right like keisha sent him a text and I, I think he handled it maturely. He was just like, look, I, I, I do want you to know I'm safe, but I just can't really talk right now. He really sort of was more a quiet, definitely quieter than he is normally and really struggling, I think, inwardly with the threat. You know, when the FBI came and was questioning him, he had that really good <clears throat> line about, about you know, I, I went from a victim to a suspect in like five minutes and how mm-hmm. tough that is and how you have to navigate that um, because the FBI asked him if he was he was pulling a prank um, because of what was happening at another neighboring HPCU. And so it was really tough, but uh, it was really tough to see him go through that and see him struggling like that. And at the same time, it was really tough to see Amara really, I feel like she she didn't really know what to do. She didn't know how to handle it. She's still like, I'm a new president. Uh, and then you get Amar- <laughs> you get freaking Marcus in her face every like <laughs> 10 minutes. He had the, he had this spreads. He had the, he like, look, I might die, I might die today. I just gotta let you know I love you. You know, he was on his Keith Sweat. Like, let that man speak his heart. He didn't know if he was gonna make it through the day. So he just wanted her to know that he knew. Girl. No, and the, okay, and I have to I have to clarify. I do not hate him. I do not hate him. I do not like the pairing. I don't like the pairing of the two of them together. But it was just like clearly she's going through something, and I know that you want to be supportive or whatever. But it's just like calm down. Like just be calm. Be calm, Marcus. Be calm. To- like hey, go help no, Damon. You're doing fine he with that. He was just he 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 was scared that they may not you know make it through, so he was just trying to get it get it off his chest. I don't think he knows she got a man. You know what, you're right. This is a but, life. This is a life altering. 
(laughs) You're right. It is a life-altering, life-changing, very traumatic experience. So I understand. I just also understand her frustration of being like, okay, just like this ain't the time, but leave Leave me alone. At the same time, it was like, he was like, what if it ain't no more time? So, you know, I get both sides. And I really did like the way Cam um, is normally like rah, rah, rah. And the way he handled it, I felt like the actor handled it. And I'm pretty sure the writers wrote it that way, but he handled it so well because it was like that wasn't a moment where we, you know, it's like he became like, you know, like of course afraid. And it was just like I like the way he played it. Because if we was just raw raw Cam, I would have been like, What? But Cam and Cam and Amara, I think after going through that whole ordeal and coming out on the other side, they had a really great moment where Cam stays back and is like, Thanks for having my back today and that's because amara was you know so relentless in making sure that cam was protected with the fbi agent which i think is so just it was crucial to tell that story it was crucial to hear her say i don't you know i don't want him to be questioned with you without me present and then when she saw that he was questioning him without her present she was just like whoa stop right what did she say that the line about your line of questioning is out of line so it was really important and then to see them commiserate at the end of the day because amara had you know she does have to have this veneer of i am the calm leader i'm the president leading us through this difficult time but to have her assistant in cam come after going through what they both went through, both of them, again, sort of managing it in different ways because of their positions and because Cam was the one who received the threat, it was really great to see them commiserate and sort of let all of that pent-up it was trauma, really. That pent-up trauma, let it out and, and just cry and sit together and, you know, it wasn't even like they like they weren't hugging or anything. It was just like they're just like sitting in the office crying. And right, I was like, I was like is he going to see them? I I thought he was going to hug her, but then when he sat on the floor, had his own moment. I was like, oh. they both. It was like the release of what they've been holding all day. Right. So yeah, I was just happy that I was happy that Amara sort of did that and that she did sort of handle it on her own obviously cam came in later and she sort of accepted that that commiseration um but i feel like it was a good sign that they're sort of moving on from this amara and marcus always needing to be in each other's orbit thing that we had uh in season in season one so i was really appreciative appreciative of that and i also think it was a more powerful moment to see amara and and cam again on that floor and we keep i feel like we keep hyping up this point because i I just feel like it was a really strong strong scene um and it it really drove can i just say and can i just say i love the cam and amara like you know what's going like the you know, like what's going on between them two? Like I'm loving it, and somebody need to tell Coop this is what it looks like. Oh, never mind, don't don't worry about it. It's a different show. Dude, what's hold on? Let's pause for a second. What do you mean? What's going on between the two? She's his boss. Oh, of course not, romance. I'm saying like I the, just need. The, the I the I know you. I I know you be. I know you. <laughs> I 
don't okay well, let me yeah, let me be clear the, the student in president bond like that she's there for him like i love the bond that they're yeah. they're building as the students and the president you know like like that exactly yeah you're yeah. right I just, wanted to, I just wanted to clarify i just, I just yeah. wanted to clarify yeah. <laughs> um so again we mentioned that they were in the student center because that's where the president's office is someone who else someone else who was in the student center during this time and had a difficult time of their own was damon and damon really I think has been struggling the past couple of episodes. Not I think, I know has been struggling the past couple of episodes with just everything involving Jesse Sr. Because <laughs> Jesse Sr. is trash! Because Jesse Sr. Yes, is trash! Yes. And, yes. you know, he... He must came out the same pool as Billy Baker. I feel like a worse pool than Billy Baker. Like, I get on Billy, and rightfully so, but Jesse is like a whole other, I think level of you know he 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 gave away a child that he was essentially raised like already raising i just that's something so insidious and sick and obviously you know yeah the child right. ended he's up being his baby. but it was just like it i still like cannot fathom that um but i feel like damon has now come to a point where he's just like Celine some of these things were sort of out of her out of her control and so let me meet with Celine and so he set up this meeting with between Celine and his mom and this is before the shelter in place uh order came up uh Kina couldn't make it um and you know hopefully we'll find out her reasoning whether it was just that she wasn't ready or that she like actually ended up getting stuck somewhere both of those are completely completely acceptable reasons um maybe and so he, you know, Damon loves to talk to the women in his life about what he's thinking about and about these things. And so he has a conversation with Simone and he has a conversation with Thea. And really quick on Thea and Damon. Why are we still getting them on our screen? <laughs> What's that? What do you mean? Now they're, now, they're, now they're at the I love you. Like, I was like, wait. We doing well, this? Can we talk about You're that? Really yeah, doing this? Thea's whole, whole story. And it's just like, why are they... I said this at the beginning, like, why didn't they course correct? But it's like, it's getting kind of out of control. And the, you know what? Let's let's pause here and I'll come back to the adoption and the giving away and the family part of this. But sticking on this Thea point for a second, it's sort of <laughs> unconscionable. <laughs> that the writers are so dedicated to this story like like they are not going away at least not anytime soon not anytime before the mid-season finale and that in my opinion is way longer than this couple should have been a couple because to your point they're at the i love you's now you know thea sort of cut damon off earlier uh, about different things, I don't, I don't remember exactly what their sort of fight was about, but Thea was freaking out a little bit. And you know, when they once they, they get fight, the shelter, yeah, they fight was about because he he told her like she was like, I prefer to sleep in my own bed, and you know, right. I was better to sleep out there in my own bed. 
See, sometimes I just like, shut them out. Sometimes I just shut. I'm done. But that was what their fight was about, and you know, yes. obviously, she. We also know that she's had a very significant trauma, which is another reason why I'm not a fan of this pairing. Is how they ended up getting together in the first place, very closely around this traumatic incident that had happened to her uh and the fact that you know we're still you know i'm not saying that that is the reason that she was just like i want to sleep in my own bed and xyz but that's there's assumptions can be made and theories can be made around that obviously we might find out what that is what that is in a later episode and why she's you know doesn't want to sleep even if they're just sleeping you know together and Mm -hmm. so they had a fight about that. The shelter in place order takes place. Uh, she's freaking out because they ended on a fight and he gives her this. They, he, honestly, this was a sweet conversation of him. He was just like, you know, stay mad at me and I'm going to stay confused about why you're mad and X, Y, Z because we're going to get out of this. And, you know, she wants to go because she she loves him. She has, you know, this moment with, with Simone where Simone is just like, that's what happens when you when you love somebody. And at the end of that session, after in, at, at the end of that session, at the end of the day, when everything has passed, they realize that they, in quotation marks, love each other. <laughs> Do they, or is it just a moment? Is there is it's it really sad, love, or just, it's a, just like, like are they really in thing. love, or just they the fear of not being able to like push them there? Like I don't know, I don't know if I'm a believer, a believer, uh, a believer yet. I definitely do not believe it on Damon's end because Damon is over here sending Simone text saying this is not the end of our this is not the end of our what literally yes Yes. on the phone after he got off the phone with Thea saying some you're gonna stay mad at me and blah 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 and literally like it's just and then he's asking Simone not only. Not only did he send her the text message, he wanted to make sure she got the text that's, message because he that's said, what I was about to go to. And not only that, like you're literally on the way. Which, by the way, you're telling Simone that you're on the way to see Thea. She has something to tell you. You're asking her, did she receive the text? And then you, so you're giving mixed signals. He, and don't forget, he walked them. away, and I see him look back. He looked back. He looked back at Simone. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. And only yeah. to go in Thea's face and say, "I love you," like and lie, this. and I'm lie, not... <laughs> and lie and say, "I love you." And so it's like this idea that this pairing is not making sense. And not only is it not making sense because you know anybody can talk about chemistry. But it's <laughs> anybody can talk about chemistry, but it's there's also this other conversation on some of the things that they have Damon doing in order to sort of continue this relationship as a storyline in and of itself. So in order to continue the storyline, it's just like not making sense anymore like it was fine when in season one when Damon was sort of conflicted and you know Simone rejected him so then he went to Thea but it's just like at this point like it's not a game anymore you're telling this girl you love her like right like like 
Is this like the I just love you or like because this darn show not that I'm in love with you like because no and I'm like is it the days of event but I'm like no you just suck text yeah Damon tripping like I think Thea loves him I'm not sure if she's in love with him because I don't much feel in love or heart Ian so I don't know I don't get it from either of them and I, that's why I'm just like it is <sighs> we'll see. We'll see where this goes when we talk about We know where it's going to go. We know where it's going to go. I know where it's going to go, which is why I just like want to end it here just to say that this their whole storyline, though they had cute moments, like I, I can admit they had cute moments in just that singular phone call. I thought it was very well written of like, you got to stay mad at me. I'm going to stay confused. But everything else, it's like, this pairing doesn't make sense where you have these characters doesn't make sense what you're having them say to each other doesn't make sense because the audience we as the audience are not getting that they're in love we as the audience see damon still struggling with his feelings for simone and at this point it's just like real bad real bad bad. and it's like If we continue on this line, like it's just not going to be good for anybody. It's not going to be good for the eventual Damon Simone pairing. It's not going to be good for Thea. It's not going to be good for Damon. So it's just like, eh, listen, what's the point? And then they kick it up, and then they kick it in the up a notch. But we're gonna wait till we get to the Simone part. <laughs> well, yes. And so on the other end of that, uh, Damon, Damon thing, uh, Damon's storyline for this episode is that. You know, as we mentioned, like he is, he's ready to sort of start and have a conversation with, uh, his birth, his birth parents, particularly Celine, not so much on De- Jesse's end. And you know, he just goes through this whole day just struggling very hard. And Damon is, Damon reminds me of Jordan <laughs> a little bit of early of early all-american Jordan in that he wears his emotions on his sleeves a lot of the time times and he can be a bit of a hothead and so he doesn't always know how to sort of communicate his feelings uh, he gets really upset I think really quickly um, and we saw this again because it's just this this thing with his birth parents it's such a trigger for him that he just loses his cool so quickly um, and so we saw that Marcus had some words of advice for him and that you shouldn't leave things unsaid and you should have the tough conversations. We're in this crazy situation, so you don't know when you might get a chance to do it again. And, you know, you don't want to have any regrets. And so with that, Damon, I think for the first time in a while has had sits down and sort of after going through this day, after talking to Jr and hearing JR's side of things and how it was difficult with him being sick and how, you know, he had this bucket list and how, you know, he realized that his parents weren't perfect and that they were fighting and that it just, there were so many problems with this family. And even hearing, like, I'm sure JR, I don't think we saw it on screen directly to Damon, but I'm sure Jr. just uh, also mentioned that Jesse didn't even ask him if he was okay, right? Like Jesse, Jesse sucked. Jesse over here, like get David to talk to me, and Jr. like, "Well, I'm your son, and you did. We're in a bomb threat, and you didn't ask me if I was okay." Nope. Again, he's worse than Billy. He's worse than Billy. Um. Wait, can and I just say so I do? After- I absolutely love Damon and Jr. 
relationship though. I I I love I'm loving the brother yeah. bond, you know, thing. Remember I didn't trust JR? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And I, I I love it too. And I think that they are in a much healthier space than they were in season one, because season one was the the part up and down. So I was like, I don't trust JR. He's he's something about him. I'm so glad he proved me wrong. I'm so glad. <laughs> me too i i was always a fan of jr by the way i love you i love you <laughs> um so yeah so i i love their relationship and i love that conversation because that combined with what marcus was telling damon was really the push for damon to to get this mature sort of speech that he gave about you know i realized that you know even though this brought me a lot of hurt uh, I realized that your family, like this family, had problems too. And, you know, I actually grew up having a really great life <laughs> with my adoptive parents. And I can acknowledge mm-hmm. that. And I can acknowledge how this was for good and ended up, you know, bringing some, bringing a lot of benefit to my life because I was raised in a really, really great family. Um, and he was just like, and now I think that I'm ready to move forward and explore what a relationship with you you meeting celine looks like and jesse jesse gets up because he hadn't sort of specified Celine. And he's just like oh i'm glad you i'm glad you're able to forgive us he, was, he, he was got up like, and got his feelings hurt and as he should <laughs> as he should and here's the thing i always said like jesse has not done anything to earn in fact it's almost like the opposite like he's almost made it worse for himself as time has gone on to earn damon's forgiveness and i think it's totally okay that they had damon say like yeah i'm not ready to do that like you've done nothing Nothing. to show concern you've done nothing to show that you want to get to know me um you literally i truly don't know you and i really don't necessarily care about your opinion either and i think that that is like a healthy thing to show on screen that you don't need to be forced into finding forgiveness even when it's this really complex thing like you know you're forgiving maybe one of your birth parents not the other uh and Mm -hmm. that it was just like if you want to have a relationship with me you're going to have to show me that um and i really really appreciated that that storyline in that those words from him um and <laughs> jesse sort of comes back and says you know i appreciate what you said you know uh i heard that you're a fan i heard that you're a fan of the diner on linux so every wednesday night i'm gonna be there and you can come you can come when you're ready and i'm like okay <laughs> yes that's see how last that's see how long that lasts because he definitely's not the type that it, you know he's gonna expect like if he show up once or twice that all is well, and when it don't work that way, he's gonna get mad. Literally, I was like, he gonna show up there for four weeks and then be like, "Oh, you still not coming? What's wrong with you?" Like, come on, exactly. Like, no exactly. one believes this. No one believes this. You're just so you literally to the the son that you right the son that you chose over the son that you gave up right and, and the son that you were just like I gotta perfect protect my family. Uh, so you gave up one of your sons and and not the other after all of the mess that you endured. You're not even asking if this son is okay. So <laughs> the same son is like you don't know me or David. Like so we're just suddenly supposed mm-hmm. to believe that you're gonna be at the diner and everything's gonna be cool. No, no, nope. <laughs> Craziness. Um, but 
I've appreciated seeing, I think, Celine and how she's handled this because I was not a fan of hers uh, at the beginning. But seeing her sort of earnestly trying to talk to Damon and get to know Damon um, has been really good to see. And also, also having her have that moment with JR where she's just like, you know, I remember your bucket list and maybe it's time you start believing in miracles again. And this is after, again, a very sort of dramatic time where they're all trying to figure out what's going on and what's happening. Uh, so I really, I really appreciated those words from her. What were your, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I think I always, of course, you know, I wasn't um, too big of a fan that she let a man convince her to give up a child. Um, I, I always right. liked her, I, and yeah, and I liked that the fact that you know Damon decided to give her a try. Now I, I'm gonna love to see this. Um, meet and greet between both moms because his adopted mom can be something else. But what I love Kina. Kina is amazing. But you know she like she don't like she has no chill sometimes. So it's gonna be great. Oh yeah, she doesn't. But I love that because they need (laughs) a little bit of that. They need a little bit of people that are just gonna stir some stuff up. And she, yeah, yeah, Kina is one of my favorite characters. I just because because <laughs> you like uh, oh, no, I'm trying to be entertained. I'm gonna be entertained <laughs> because uh, Selena, what's her name? Selena. She seems like Selena. more calm, yeah. you know. And so it's like, yeah, it's gonna be definitely something to see. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So that's that on that's that on that, and I'm excited to see their family dynamic moving forward. Lastly, Simone, 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 and Shay's first day. It's actually kind of sad, I think, <laughs> that, you know, we're seeing these, it's always in these really heightened moments that we get, like, Simone and, and Shay and keeping up with Shay. And she was really excited to be a part of Sh- uh, Shay's first day. A whole, vi- a whole vision board across the country. <laughs> right like literally with outfits picked out it was it was so cute (laughs) it was adorable and having nate and keisha be a part of it too it was just really really special and i loved that loved that for her about shay's first day of pre pre preschool um but she sort of gets stuck as we mentioned on the tennis courts and so that whole that whole storyline was mainly about sort of simone again understanding sort of how to how to self-manage intense situations because she was also obviously very scared when she found out about the attack she was very scared about Shay she's a mother um this was supposed to be her you know kid's first day of school and then she gets this this Mm -hmm. bomb threat um and you know, then uh, information comes. A lot of information comes to her at once, and so every and there's the the t- tennis courts were packed, so there were a lot of people around her because a lot of people sort of evacuated to the tennis courts. And Lando is just like, oh, it could be a coordinated attack. And she's like, whoa, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, we don't we don't know enough yet, and like maybe we should maybe we should chill. And so she talks to Amara, talks to Chanel, but again is just very very sort of concerned as the cell towers are down. Uh, uh, cell towers are jammed. Mm-hmm. After the cell towers get jammed, uh, we see 
we see her have another panic attack, which we've seen sort of throughout the last the last season. She had like two or three over the course of the last season. And Lando comes and sees her and, you know, they do this whole thing that's called four, seven, eight breathing. And I guess that is something that helps folks with panic attacks get through it uh, and, and, and sort of calm themselves down. It's a sort of self-soothing, self, self-managing strategy. And I really appreciated that, that it wasn't like, well, you have panic attacks, so do a four, seven, eight, you know what I mean? Like do a four seven eight breathe, but it was really just like he was just like, you know, breathe in for four seconds. You know, it, it was really like showing the audience and not telling the audience. And I think it was a really great way of saying like, <laughs> if you suffer from panic attacks without being preachy, like here is a strategy that you can use or that you can look up. And I I actually really really appreciated that. Um. And yeah, again, he mentioned that he got panic attacks as a kid. So, so we see Simone and Lando having some good conversations, becoming closer. We're gonna get to the to the little end there. But with that mm-hmm. being said, they're just trying to figure out what to do. They're trying to figure out what to do. Everybody's kind of growing crazy in this episode with trying to like, you know, I mean, and understandably so, right? Like they're in the middle of the attack. They don't. They're just like, should we talk about it? Should we not talk about it? Should we move on? And and that's a lot of what was in why sort of NK and, and Marquis wanted to tackle this issue to say that no one response is the right response, but we just wanted to show exactly. sort of all of the responses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have a talk on the tennis court and she's like, my name is Simone. And, you know, we'll, you know, we can talk about this. So they mentioned things like Tulsa, the Tulsa massacre, which is black wall street. Look it up. It's really sad. Um, but again, sort of really necessary history to understand and know. And they talk about Charleston and they talk about a lot of other attacks. Uh, and they have this really good sort of conversation that's about, you know, whether we should be resilient and strong as a people or whether it's okay to acknowledge that these things freak us out and how it's almost kind of scary and sad that sometimes we can be desensitized to our own trauma. And so they have this discussion and somebody says maybe it's a bad discussion, but I feel like it was a necessary discussion for them to have to, again, Mm -hmm. say that so many like we as a black community have different ways of coping with these really insane things that we have to go through. And again, I think it's a necessary conversation to have um, on on screen and then follow that up with, okay, we're going to have the good (laughs) we're going to have the good necessary conversations. We mentioned, you know, Thea's end of that and having a conversation with Simone about love and mothering and XYZ and then after all that we finna just play some dodgeball like I loved it I listen I, I agree I feel like it was great like even though you know Simone later was like you know my bad but I felt like it was great I felt like it was needed it was needed and it was needed to say that like even in the midst of this scary time we can find some we can find some joy we can find some moments of joy uh we can find some moments of just being light and carefree like we don't all like even in the midst of these situations like we can we can get rid of this this sort of pent-up energy and frustration and anger that we feel we can hit something or whatever and i i really appreciated that balance in this episode of the backdrop of the dodgeball game because i think it was really important after that after that heavy conversation
Okay, I'm back. <clears throat> so, after all of that, and after the dodgeball game, which, by the way, Simone wins. Clap it up for Miss Hicks. <laughs> Clap it up. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Woo! They, uh, they all are safe, thankfully, as we've, as we've mentioned. As we've mentioned already, we went in depth on the this is not the end of our story situation. We mentioned that she mm-hmm. checked Keisha. And after all of that, right, Miss Simone Hicks is alone, right? After, you know, checking in on everybody else and trying to take care of everybody else and all of the people that she was around. And she goes to her room and Lando uh, comes to comes to her door uh, asking for his phone back that he let her borrow. When she yeah. said she had plans, I'm like, I'm gonna give, I was going to give it back. Like, girl, when? You can take this. Yeah, plans to give it back. And she was like, eventually, I'm like, were you just gonna keep this man's phone? Right? I'm that's what I was like, what? Like, it, it, number one, like, why did she walk? Why did she walk away with his phone in the first place? <laughs> like, I don't know. She act like it was a pencil he gave her in class. Like, literally, <laughs> literally. And I'm like, why did he leave the court? Okay, and it's like maybe it's those things where you're just like, oh man, I forgot my phone. But a phone is like you can't get very far like without but your that- without your phone. <laughs> But that just also means he never called nobody to let them know he was okay because <laughs> she had his phone. <laughs> Hopefully he borrowed somebody else's phone. <laughs> Hopefully he borrowed somebody else's phone. On that, before we get to how they ended that uh, scene and how we ended the episode, I wanted to make a call out to this. Simone and Thea, which obviously the the tension in their friendship had been alluded to <clears throat> earlier in the episode at the top with the, you know, I don't do friend drama. And I loved this moment because it was, you know, against the backdrop of Amara's message. They had this really nice inspirational song playing in the background. And you see Simone and Thea getting ready to leave the tennis court. So they were the last two on the tennis courts. Usually we get this in a romantic context of like the, you know, one or the other is looking back at somebody. But this time we got it in a friendship context where, you know, they're going to leave and they pick up and they sort of go their separate ways, <clears throat> leaving on opposite ends of the opposite ends of the tennis court. Uh, and Simone looks back. Thea is not looking back at her. And then Thea looks back and Simone's not looking back at her. So they miss each other's miss each other's looks. Um, that small visual representation of where their storyline is right now, I think is so important because one of the questions I had was like, how are they going to bring Thea and Simone back together as friends? Because I feel like they really established them as friends before it all went to crap at the end of last season. And it was, it was this because that, I don't know, those those lookbacks made it feel like, and just what we've gotten over the past couple of episodes made it feel like, what Thea said was out of anger and was it right? No, it wasn't, but that maybe their friendship can survive that that very incredibly crazy lapse of judgment that Thea had about Simone. So what did you think about that? I don't like them as friends. I like them when they like this. <laughs> but Disney? did you appreciate the storytelling aspect of the 
of the I look mean, back. Like, I mean, yeah, but like, I like them when they're not like. Different. You said I like make them people. enemies. <laughs> yeah, and like just they just they just you know co you know they exist together as teammates. But I like when they're not friends. I like the story of them not being friends, especially since now you know. Lando. Yeah, Lando. Yeah. Like, so it's <laughs> yeah. it's like they're both been to start. I'm not sure if someone will start dating him, but um, based off what we got in end of the end of the show, it's like they're gonna be messing with each other, rivals. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I I think that I really like complex relationships that are three dimensional, and so I never. And I think that that's who they introduce Thea as. They introduce Thea as an adversary that has more to her. And that is not your typical adversary. And so with these allusions to them being frenemies rather than outright enemies, um, I've really, I don't, I, I just enjoy sort of the complexities of that and having it not be as black and white as like their rivals. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's all I'll say for that. And why I took time to, 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 to chat about that for a second. But speaking of Mr. Lando, speaking of Mr. Yes. Lando, coming yes. back to get his phone, he asked, mm-hmm. "Yeah, you got about talking about this one." With it on purpose. I, he did let him walk away with it on purpose because all mm-hmm. you, he was like, "This is yes. the Cinderella sister slipper. <laughs> this is the Cinderella slipper." So literally, he's just like, oh, you want to, she's just like, oh, I don't know how I feel, and she's like, oh, you want to go somewhere and talk about it? And she said, what did she say? No. 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 The passion of the kiss. What? The passion of the kiss. The day's event, boy, it set some things in motion. The end of the day, we got it the did. I love yous and the she just like okay. It did, it did, it did. Some would say again, it was a very passionate again, and it wasn't only a kiss. Let's be clear, guys. I was gonna Let's say that was honey, that was more than a it kiss. It was uh, they 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 slept together. They done did yes. the deed. Yes, they did. They done mm-hmm. knocked. They died. They knocked the furniture over. <laughs> Someone listen. Somebody go look up. Go, somebody go look up hustle and flow. <laughs> <laughs> I got this from Adrian Baylon. I kid you not. That was a hustle and flow uh, uh, makeout before before sleeping together. That was a hustle and flow mm. makeout. Uh, you want to go somewhere? No. This is a very grown moment. Okay. What she wanted to go was uh, right there in that room. And the funny thing about this is, like, I I was joking with one of my friends. Shout out to you, Dred. And we were talking about how NK loves sort of the word uh, sexy. And uh, look, I'm, again, I'm a fan of your work, NK, I, as you can tell. And but we we're just like, you know, it it it's not always sexy, like in all America. Like we get we get cute stuff, right? But I feel like NK was like p- paying attention to our conversation, like me and Dredd's conversation for a little bit. Because the very <laughs> next episodes we get, we done got three people, we three couples sleeping together. <laughs> Woo. Three Woo, couples we can't sleeping together. Couple. One, 
Yeah, we can't even call them a couple. We can't even call someone a Lando a couple. So we sorry, I we got and one of the couples was none of them were couples at the time. <laughs> one mm. one of them one of them said that that was closure, the sleeping together. The other one decided to become a couple, and then this one we're gonna see see where it goes. <laughs> So let's just say uh, props to you, hats off to you, NK. Lexi, I think the the only couple yeah. was Thea and the only couple is Thea and Damon, and they didn't the only one that sleep together. <laughs> oh, I'm in across the universe. No, I'm saying though the only couple yeah. the the only couple that. It's a couple oh, didn't sleep yeah. together. Like it's already established. That's true. You're right. Yes. You're right. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. We've gotten, we literally got it's sort of across the universe couples at every stage. And again, hats off to you, NK, because you said it was going to be sexy in college. We got the sexy college. Mm, <laughs> that night. They definitely turn up. I feel like the turn up on Homecoming is definitely more than it is on All American. That's very true. That's very true. And Homecoming is TV. What is it? TV fourteen. All American is PG. So okay, that, that leads leads it a little bit to why that that was the way it was. But yeah, it was <laughs> Homecoming lived up to its the the uh. Uns- like what is it called? Like unsupervised, like non-adult, <laughs> unsupervised life of of college, or what the log line is. So good for you, NK, for bringing the sexy this week, and Marky, Marky Jackson, and let's just call it what it was. It was to your point. It was the most sexy of, of all of the. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Out of all of the th- uh, the the uh the let's say like the the intimate moments that we got (laughs) the intimate moments that we got so good for them and so we'll see where that goes thank you for listening to film study at all american podcast stay tuned for our predictions 